2: off.
1: good evening welcome it is eric erickson here news 955 am 750 wsb nine after the hour if you're just tuning in i've just spent the last hour with brian kemp the secretary of state Not actually on campaign business for the most part, other than the last 10 minutes of the interview. Uh, The Secretary of State's office has been investigating this claim of 53,000 voters placed on a pending voter file, meaning they can't vote. Uh, This was kicked off on October 9th by the Associated Press. The Associated Press ran a story October 9th uh, claiming that there were 53,000 voters on the pending list who can't vote and that the exact match law uh, was causing this crisis and it was amplified by the Secretary of State's office. The voter they named was Marcia Appley nunez uh, as being disenfranchised because of the hyphen in her last name, Dash nunez The Secretary of State's office has completed the investigation into this, and let me tell you uh, that Marcia Appley nunez cited as the example in the Associated Press report, is actually already an active voter. Uh, which appears to be why it was canceled, except on her uh, second attempt to register to vote, she was already a registered voter, uh, she misspelled her last name. And now, what are the facts about this? The, the pending list actually includes 75,000 people at any time. Now, you're thinking, what on earth are these pending voters, 75,000 people? Let me give you the, the perspective here on what actually is going on. There are 7 million people on voter rolls in Georgia. The pending list as of October 17th was 75,105 people. 9,224 of these are pending because the person registered to vote before they're 18, and the Secretary of State will roll them over to active voters when they become 18. You can register to vote under Georgia law when you're 17 and a half years old. And then you become an active voter uh, if you turn 18 before Election Day. 2,935 people used a fake address. 3,393 are pending because their citizenship could not be verified. 5,843 are pending because they've already registered to vote. When you remove the underage, the fake addresses, the duplicates, and the non-citizens, you've got 46,000 pending on the list, not 53,000. Of those 46,000 pending on the list, 75% failed social security number verification the social security number verification was approved by the obama administration and eric holder as a way to determine if someone was a legitimate voter you, what you have to what you can do in georgia is you can choose to use your driver's license number or your social security number as a method to confirm your identity and with the social security number all you have to do is use the first initial the the initial of your first name your last name, and the last four digits of your social security number. So with me, if I filled it out, it would be E. Erickson and the last four digits of my social security number. According to the Secretary of State's investigation that was concluded on Friday, 75% of the people did not have the right social security number. Many of them have actually never appealed the process. Most of them, in fact, have not. Now get this. The pending list includes 11,024 applicants, or 23% of the whole, 23% of the whole that have been pending since 2014. And do you know where the 23% come from? The New Georgia Project. Do you know where the New Georgia Project, or what the New Georgia Project is? It's Stacy Abrams Group from 2014. That's the New Georgia Project, the the, the Stacey Abrams Group from 2014. Stace, in other words, in 2014, Stacey Abrams Group New Georgia Project registered 11,024 people, and they screwed up the paperwork, including the Social Security number. That's not the Secretary of State's fault. That's Stacey Abrams' fault and they're trying to make it his fault. That is, the information has come today from the Secretary of State's office. They have concluded their investigation into these uh, 53-some-odd thousand people who were allegedly placed on the pending voter file, and that's it. 75% of them do not exist. 23% of them came from Stacey Abrams' own project. Uh, That's the facts that the rest of the media hasn't reported yet. You're hearing it here first, and we'll keep telling you about it. So let's, to review, they're claiming fifty. 53,000 people, it was actually the actual number is after you weed out the fake addresses, the pending because they're not yet 18, the non-citizens, the duplicates, uh, all the rest. You got 46,000, not 53,000 of those 50 or or, not 46. You got 46,000 of those 75 percent did not go through, could not go through a federal process of matching their social security number. 23% Twenty-three percent were submitted by Stacey Abrams' group. Twenty-three percent. Now that that's that's pretty profound. Now he, here's the thing. Um, so the New Georgia Project has filed a lawsuit demanding that the records that are pending or canceled because of a failure to match a driver's license, social security number, or citizenship data be marked as active. Now keep in mind, the Secretary of State has to comply with federal law to verify citizenship. And you've got, uh, according to the Secretary of State's office, 3,393 who could not be confirmed as citizens, and yet uh, Stacey Abrams' group that's filed this lawsuit demands that they be considered active voters. The lawsuit specifically asked for Georgia to count all provisional ballots, even if they were flagged as non-citizens. That's pretty absurd. But, you know, we got to go back to the Associated Press report. Because the Associated Press report said 53,000, and it turns out it's not 53,000. It's, it's 47,000. And the, the person the Associated Press cited as being a victim of this is a registered voter who's an active voter. She's not even on the pending list. The pending list, I mean, it, just so you understand what the pending list is, the pending list are people who they just filed their paperwork. So, you know, if you the, the deadline to register to vote in Georgia for this election is over. So if you go register today, you're put on the pending list. At any given time, the pending list in Georgia has 75,000 voters on it out of 7 million total voters in Georgia. It is people who are duplicates, people who are new. People who have registered this year and anticipate being 18 on or before the day of the election. It's dead people. When a voter is flagged by a local board of elections as having died, they're put into a pending voter file. They're put into the pending voter list so that they can then confirm whether or not this is the same voter. Because you know, two people can have the same name. So they put you on the pending list. Here's the thing if you're on the pending list, you can still vote. You can still vote. And you know the other interesting thing, you got all of these people and they haven't showed up to vote since 2014. The the 23% of the pending voters that Stacey Abrams submitted in 2014, they haven't actually ever showed up to vote. Makes you wonder if any of these people are real. You have trouble sleeping. Do you struggle putting your kids to bed each night? When you sleep poorly, how does this impact the rest of your day? Look, I'm excited to announce I'm partnering with Calm. It's the number one app for sleep, meditation and relaxation. It was named app of the year last year by Apple. And if you head to calm.com/eric, E R I C K, you'll get 25% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of premium programming including sleep stories, which are bedtime tales for grown-ups designed to quiet your mind and relax your body. They're read by soothing narrators like Clark Peters from The Wire and Jerome Flynn from Game of Thrones their guided meditations on topics like anxiety, stress and sleep and their soothing music and more. Now look, for a limited time, the Eric Erickson show listeners get 25% off Calm premium subscriptions at calm.com/eric. That's c a l m.com/eric, e r i c k. It includes unlimited access to all of Calm's amazing content that's going to get you drifting off to dreamland in no time. Get started today at calm.com slash Eric, then go to sleep. It is 25 after the hour. Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. The phone number here, 404 872 750 800 WSB talk. I, I want to reiterate something from my conversation with Brian Kemp. The people who are on the pending voter file, they can show up on election day and vote. The media has reported this as they're not eligible to vote. Actually, they can vote. They're eligible to vote. They just have to show up and vote. That's it. They show up same day, they can get it fixed. If their names if their name's not right, it just has to match the driver's license. Here's the thing though. The the New Georgia project affiliated with Stacey Abrams, they insisted on the paperwork that people use the Social Security option, not the driver's license option. Why would they do that? Well, it's because they want to continue to promote the myth of people not having an ID to vote. If everybody's checking the social security number, so the driver's license number, hmm, maybe they don't have an ID and they're going to deny these people the right to vote. But they did. These people had driver's licenses. They just chose to use this other option instead. Uh, the whole thing is a scam. Uh, this whole story is a scam. They're attacking Brian Kemp for their own paperwork screw up. Now, let's go to the phones. Dorothy and Alpharetta, you're going to be up first tonight. Welcome.
0: Oh, hi. Um. I had a Stacey Abrams volunteer come to my door, and I told him that I was a registered Republican, but he kept on talking to me and trying to encourage me to absentee vote. And I've been involved, involved in politics in different ways for many years, and I never really thought about absentee voting, but I have, uh, am wondering now... Is it true that if you absentee vote, your vote only counts if there is a runoff or if it's really close?
1: No, 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 no. Uh, your absentee vote counts in the election, just like a, an actual ballot. Uh, doesn't matter the circumstance. If you're a lawful voter and you fill out the absentee voter form, uh, then they send you a ballot and they count it. So,
0: okay, no matter what. So no matter what. Run- okay, good. Because I, I called the Kemp office today and they said they had been inundated with calls just like that. So I thought, well, that's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah. It, that, it, it, yeah. Who knows? You know, the, the the Abrams campaign is running in a very aggressive door-to-door operation. And, you know, my wife has been getting lots of mail from the Abrams campaign. And many of the things that are being sent in, some of from the Democratic Party as well, is simply not true. And it does make you wonder if they're out there knocking on Republican doors as well, uh, spreading half-truths. You've got to be very, very careful out there. The fact of the matter is, you got to vote on election day. The, and that day is coming up in two weeks. You got about 14 days left until this election is over. Praise Jesus. I'm tired of it. Uh, the poor Secretary of State looked like he's ready for this election to be over. Um, I think he's going to do very well, but you got to show up and you got to vote. When we come back, more of your calls 404 872 0750 WSB Talk. 39 after the hour, Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 404-872-0750, wsb talk I want to review, just, just real quick, if, you, if you're just tuning in, um, the Secretary of State's office has been accused of suppressing uh, people's ability to vote and throwing people off the voter rolls. You know, I was an elections lawyer for a number of years. Let me review for you. Exactly the process of canceling a voter's registration. The the federal government actually requires that voter rolls be cleaned up. And what Georgia does is they clean up voter files in odd-numbered years. So contrary to what you may have heard in the press, uh, the Secretary of State's office has not thrown people off the voter rolls this year. Now, local elections officials have In fact, there are some issues I I think I read in in Fulton and in Gwinnett County where that has happened, but they do it for very specific reasons. The reasons they do it are for uh, people have died, people have been ruled mentally incompetent in a court of law, people have committed a felony, or they've got a duplicate voter registration. Federal law prohibits a mass clearing out of voters 90 days before an election, So any voter who's been removed from the voter rolls within 90 days of an election is either removed because they've died, been declared incompetent, or they've been found guilty of or pled to committing a felony. That's it. Now, in odd-numbered years, secretaries of state do clean up their voter files. And the process in Georgia is a seven-year-long process. It is automated. The secretary of state plays no role in it. So what is the process? The process is if someone does not uh, it does not vote for a three-year period or have any contact with the Board of Election, they get a postcard from the Secretary of State's office with a prepaid return envelope, and they have a form to fill out, and all it does is, yes, I still live here, and you send it back. In fact, it's a postcard. You don't even have to lick an envelope. You just put it back in the mail. You you, you tear it off. It's perforated sheet. You sign it. You send it in the mail. And if they get that, you're an active voter. If they don't get that, well, you become an inactive voter. Now, an inactive voter is a voter who can vote in any election. It just means they're flagged as not having voted in the last three years, and the Board of Elections and the Secretary of State have had no contact with them. So what happens? Well. The Secretary of State, once someone is listed as an inactive voter, has to wait four years, two two full federal election cycles. If the voter votes in any of the next four years, they're immediately listed as an active voter again without the Secretary of State doing anything. You show up and you vote, you are immediately considered an active voter again. If you do not show up and vote within four years, you are presumed to have died or moved or gone to jail or what, and you're taken off the voter rolls. It's that straightforward, folks. It's that straightforward. It takes, it takes seven years. So you're hearing about 300-some-odd thousand people the Secretary of State has taken off the voter rolls. That happened last year, not this year, and it was people who have not voted in seven years. In seven years. And every year, the Democrats go hysterical about it. And by the way, this is compliance with the federal law. Compliance with a federal law. So it just, just following up here now, we're, we're having all of this hype from the Democrats that Brian Kemp is trying to steal the election. I, I honestly think I agree with several Democratic consultants out there who have said this is the Democrats telling their own base not to bother to show up. And I actually think that there's some legitimacy to that, that you've got a bunch of people who are being told your vote doesn't count. Brian Kemp's not going to count it, so why bother to show up? Now, why would they be telling people that? I think it's because they think they're going to lose. And Abrams has invested a bunch of energy over the last four years trying to make the case of her inevitability in Georgia. And when she loses, she's got to come up with an excuse. It can't be her. It can't be that she ran too far left. It can't be any of these things. It's got to be that Brian Kemp stole the election, just like Trump. That's what the Democrats are doing here. Uh, they are playing up voter fraud. They are playing up voter intrigue on all of these issues because of that. Uh, deeply problematic, I think. Uh, but that's the best they've got. And that's not the argument of winning campaign. If y'all go to Instagram, by the way, uh, E.W. Erickson on Instagram, I put up a piece. It was a male piece we got over the weekend. It is a woman, and I don't know, a friend of mine says maybe they're going for the cool mom demographic. Uh, looks like the hot mess demographic to me. Um, it is a woman, Jen uh, In, uh, in Atlanta, allegedly, uh, wearing a teal glasses and a nose ring. And it has a quote. This guy Brian Kemp is a hot mess, pointing a gun at a kid, not true. Helping a sexual predator get a massage license, not true. Now a felony investigation, not true. There's no way he should be governor. What what, what the hell is a felony investigation they're claiming anyway? Nonetheless, uh, this, this is the mail piece. Um, someone with a nose ring uh, calling Brian Kemp a hot mess. And that's, again, not a winning message of a winning campaign. This is a campaign that sounds like it knows it's going to lose. And now it's grappling for excuses to come up with it. Now, of course, Abrams is going to win if you guys don't go vote. Uh, That's kind of a big deal there. And you're going to have to turn out. You're going to have to turn out. You're going to have to vote. Uh, You're not going to be able to let the Democrats claim that the election was stolen if you overwhelm the election. I was going to save this discussion for the next hour, but all our calls are on this, so I'm going to start taking phone calls on the caravan headed north. What to do about it? Philip in Granville has been waiting a while. Welcome, Philip. Hey, Eric. How you
0: doing, sir? Good. How are you? Good. Yeah, I was praying this afternoon uh, about the situation and uh, came up with kind of a novel idea on how that migrant crush coming from the south, if we meet them... At the border, and register every one of them as a Republican, and then step two, call the Democratic headquarters after we do that and tell them, "Thank you,
1: keep them coming." That would probably shut it down. <laughs> you, know, you may very well be onto something. That is not a bad idea. Register every single one of them as a Republican, and we're good to go.
0: Hey, you know, another thing I think it's pretty funny too is to float it out there on Facebook as as a real option <laughs> see how many people buy it from the left on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, watch heads explode. Philip, thank you very much for that. Yes, watch the heads explode. Look, when we come back, a number of people are calling in and talking about this. I want to give you the latest on this caravan that's coming north, and, and who on earth is covering the cost of this? Uh, it's amazing. You know, Jeff Flake was on a CNN forum earlier today saying that this – this is not organized. They're not uh, Islamic extremists hiding in the crowd. It's it's people coming up uh, trying to escape. And, you know, that's true in in part. Some of the people coming are trying to escape. But, folks, you don't believe it. It, it, it. This is happening two weeks before the American election. That is not a coincidence. It is not a coincidence. And the Democrats seem to think this is going to help them. But there's actually a lot of data out there in a new Wall Street Journal poll that suggests this is not going to help the Democrats at all. In fact, it turns out that the blue wave is hitting, but only in already blue areas. I've got the details when we come back. Good evening. It is nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number, 404 872 750 wsb Talk more than 100,000 people have signed up to go to the Ted Cruz, be it the Ted Cruz um, Donald Trump rally that happened in Texas. Really huge, huge crowds. Donald Trump um, saying there's, uh, there's no more lying Ted. It's beautiful Ted, beautiful Ted. Uh, Thinks that Beto O'Rourke is overrated. Um, We will get into all of that, but we need to talk about the caravan right now. Uh, The president is calling it a national emergency, saying the United States is thinking of cutting off aid to those countries that did not stop the caravan. Uh, There are still lots of questions. About the caravan, the organizers and whatnot, y'all, there is no coincidence. You've got to be a naive fool to think that this caravan uh, would happen two weeks before the American election and have no connection to it to Democrats trying to motivate their base, trying to make this an issue, hoping, because remember, remember, the president's popularity has gone up. And when did the president's popularity tank? It tanked in May when there were all of the visuals of kids being separated from their parents. When kids were separated from their parents, the the president's popularity tanked even among Republicans. Even Republicans didn't like that. Uh, I think that... What we're going to have to do is send the federal government to the border and seal it. Um, and show that we can be – and, you know, frankly, I think the border wall is a winning proposition for the president. He ought to make a big case about that because Nancy Pelosi is saying that if they get the House of Representatives back, they're not going to fund the border wall. Now, I, I want to go on and take – got a lot of people who want to talk about this, uh, and you're welcome to chime in, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Jerry and Johns Creek, you're going to be up first. Welcome. Hey Eric, how's it going? Good. How are you?
0: Um, good. Sorry I missed you last week. That's um, all right. Okay, so this this caravan, seven thousand people now is the reported number. Um, they're coming to the border. President says he's going to send the military. Okay, that's great. What do we do once the military gets there? We're not going to we're not going to shoot people right water cannons how do you keep them from storming the border and coming across i think this is has the potential to be an absolute political nightmare
1: for President Trump. Oh, I, I think that's that. I think that's why they're doing it. Uh, I absolutely do. I I think that there is partisan motivation in the process. I, I totally do. Uh, and I think what the president has to do, what what he needs to do, is he needs to send troops to the border. And what they need to do is is they can't build the wall. They can't build the wall because of a, a host of federal regulations and rules. What they can do, though, is they can start setting up camps. And they can put the parents and the kids together in these camps while they are processed if they get across the border. But I definitely think we, I mean, listen, if the federal government cannot send soldiers to our border to prevent an invasion from foreigners into this country, what the hell use is there having a military? Pardon my language. Um, Y'all, this is a stunt. It is a political stunt And the media is denying it because the media is complicit in this. Look at the story with Brian Kemp again. Let's just circle back and tie this all together. The Associated Press started the story that Brian Kemp was denying people the right to register to vote when it turned out he wasn't. It's a pending voter file and they can show up and vote. And then two, they they totally missed the fact that 23% of the people who were put on the pending voter file were people who Stacey Abrams' campaign screwed up their social security numbers. And people got to fix their social security numbers. The press is playing this. Uh, there are too many members of the press who are willfully naive when it comes to the story uh, because they have partisan motivations. And we shouldn't deny that. Um, my, hang on a second. Let's see. Ooh, gracious. Um, a man has been. This is uh, developing news. Uh, In WTDG, that's Fox 5 in Washington, D.C., a man has attempted—been shot attempting to break into the Washington, D.C. Fox 5 Bureau. Um, Executives and police are familiar with the individual. He had leveled threats at Fox and law enforcement.
2: Hmm...
1: The alleged intruder, 38 year old man, survived the shooting. Hmm, going after Fox. Hmm, we'll just leave that one there and see how this story develops. Um, uh, y'all, I. Here's the thing not all of this caravan is going to make it to our border, some of them will fall away along the way. Uh, the Mexican government uh, it has every incentive to try to help us to a degree because of the renegotiated NAFTA deal, but some of them will still come. I'm going to lay down the marker right now. If you go back to May and you look at the president's polling, it tanked when he separated kids from their parents. The Democrats are hoping he does that again, and so he shouldn't. They should certainly detain the illegal aliens. Listen, if you I know the media has bought this myth that Hispanic voters are really pro-illegal immigration and they're not. They came here legally. They want everyone else to come here legally as well. There isn't a lot of sympathy for people storming our border illegally in this country. There's not. I think if the president puts keeps the families together but then turns around and sends them back home, uh, there's not going to be a lot of sympathy for the illegal immigrants we should defend our borders let's go back to the phones mike in atlanta you're next welcome
0: yes mr erickson i'm gonna tie this in the uh the caravan coming to the border to uh the gubernatorial race here in atlanta i think even though uh kemp isn't campaigning much in the urban area i'm a black atlantan i really believe black americans as well as black atlantans are now focused on immigration kemp is 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 you know, he's strong on you know, the borders, protecting the borders, and all that. I think Obama changed the way black Americans think when we vote. I think he fooled us, and he was, you know, he, you know, he put a lot into, uh, you know, LBGT, whatever. But most blacks aren't voting based off race anymore. There's still some, but now it's immigration. And I think a lot of black Americans, as well as Atlantans, feel as though the noose is tightening around black America as it relates to immigration.
1: I mean, hey, I, hey, I, hey, Mike, listen, I, I, I'm a white guy from the South. I can't let you use new surround african Americans language I on get, my right. They're going to get me I in understand. trouble.
0: <laughs> I got you. I, I understand. But but I'm just saying is that black, you see, I, I'm meeting a lot of blacks now coming from the West Coast, New York, because sanctuary cities and those kind of things aren't working for black Americans. And there's no such thing as a black-brown coalition.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: I don't, I mean, our um, black politicians seem to be focusing more on the uh, illegal immigrants. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think Black Americans are taking it anymore. And, I, and Kim's going to get a lot of Black votes. And I'll make a prediction. So, like I told you, call screener, So goes Atlanta, so goes Black America. But when, when it comes to the mayor of Atlanta, Booth—I mean, uh, sorry, uh, Mayor
2: Bottoms—I
0: mm-hmm. think we're going to get a white mayor next. The next mayor of Atlanta will be a white person because Blacks just are tired of the uh, the same old vote for somebody because they're Black. Things don't, things don't work out right. I live in southwest Atlanta. I go to Johns Creek. I look at those streets. They look great. The roads, the malls. I'm over here near Greenbrier Mall. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, we're voting the same people in office because they're black, but nothing's changing in, this, in southwest Atlanta. I don't know if you're familiar with the Greenbrier Mall. Everyone. I am.
1: But, but I am.
0: changing. Yeah. Nothing is changing.
1: Well, so, so. you know they say all the time the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over expecting yeah. different results. And and you're you're absolutely right. The politicians in Atlanta uh, who pander on race issues, and it's not just them. Democratic politicians in general uh, are doing that. Look at Stacey Abrams' campaign now. She's sending out flyers to white Republican women saying, "Vote for me because I'm I'm a woman, and it'll be historic." Uh, that that's her campaign to white Republican women is vote for me because history. I'm one of you. Uh, women have to stick together and. You know, if we're supposed to get over tribalism, that's a form of tribalism as well. Uh, This whole identity politics nonsense is absolutely that, nonsense. You have trouble sleeping. Do you struggle putting your kids to bed each night? When you sleep poorly, how does this impact the rest of your day? Look, I'm excited to announce I'm partnering with Calm. It's the number one app for sleep, meditation, and relaxation. It was named App of the Year last year by Apple. And if you head to Calm.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, you'll get 25% off a Calm Premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of premium programming, including sleep stories, which are bedtime tales for grown-ups designed to quiet your mind and relax your body. They're read by soothing narrators like Clark Peters from The Wire and Jerome Flynn from Game of Thrones their guided meditations on topics like anxiety, stress, and sleep, and their soothing music and more. Now look, for a limited time, the Eric Erickson Show listeners get 25% off Calm premium subscriptions at calm.com slash eric. That's C-A-L-M dot C-O-M slash eric, E-R-I-C-K. It includes unlimited access to all of Calm's amazing content that's going to get you drifting off to dreamland in no time. Get started today at calm.com slash eric. Then go to sleep. It is twenty six after the hour. Eric Erickson here. Let's go back to the phones. Kate in Alpharetta, you're next. Welcome.
0: Thank you for taking my call, Eric. Sure. I've got a question. Everybody is calling this a caravan. Is it not an invasion, and do we not have a right to protect our borders from invaders?
1: We have the right to protect our border, uh, and I think we're going to see how the president uh, exercises that. Uh, Yeah, there are a lot of people who would say this is an invasion. Uh, The issue is they're not armed, and it appears that they're probably not going to forcibly try to cross the border. Some of them will try to sneak across in the chaos. Uh, But they're not going to force it over. So, you know, terms matter. Uh, But, yeah, I totally get why people see this as an an invading force. You now got over 10,000 people. The media had been saying 5,000. I just got on social media and saw that I think it's the Associated Press or Reuters. One is saying it's grown to 10,000 and that there's another group in Mexico that's thinking they want to cross as well. Uh, This is. I don't think this is going to help the Democrats, and they seem to think it is. And, and clearly, they they seem to think that this is going to be a political issue. I'm, yeah, I think it's going to be a political issue as well, um, but no, just not the way they think. Frank and Marietta, welcome.
0: Thank you, Eric. I um, was just listening to that the last caller, and I thought that was a good point that you made about um, the the invaders, um, you know, and I don't think it is going to work for the the, um, the Democrats if this is who's funding it. Uh, I would, what I would really like to see is, you know, some kind of intelligence, because, you know, we just hear news like, well, who's funding this? Well, somebody does know. And I'd like to see some kind of intelligence and, and maybe, you know, do a, a Fahrenheit 9-11 style documentary with someone actually there kind of looking at how it really works. And yeah. um, you know what's going on, and then I, I wanted to—I would be interested that if if an American citizen or an American company or an American group was funding this, would that be grounds for sedition? Uh,
1: you know, I—I I don't think it would um, legally because uh, they're not—they're not really the enemy; um, they're just illegal aliens. But I don't know who's funding this. There's clearly money behind this. There's clearly some organization behind this, but I, I don't know who it is, and I haven't seen any reports as to who it is, um, and I don't think you can just blame George Soros. It's somebody else, probably. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here. The Babylon Bee has just posted—you know, the Babylon Bee is like the onion for— uh, faith-based stories. They've just posted a story. Demons beg Jesus to cast them out of hysterical mob of liberals into the abyss. <laughs> yes. Cast us out of the liberals, please. Oh my goodness gracious. Listen, those of you who are on the phones, be patient with me. I'm going to try to get to you, but there is another story you all need to know about. Uh, it is amazing how this has gone down the memory hole. For a lot of liberals in the media, we're hearing about the blue wave. I've been telling you the blue wave is coming. And the NBC Wall Street Journal poll is telling you that the blue wave is coming. Exactly as I've told you, the blue wave is coming. It's coming to already blue areas. There is a huge blue wave coming. But it's coming to districts that are like San Francisco, Chicago, New York City. Uh, Raleigh-Durham area, athens Clark County, uh, Fulton County. It's, it's fired-up, angry liberals who live in liberal enclaves are turning out. And there's a problem for the r- Democrats when it comes to the U.S. House. You need the blue waves to be happening in swing districts. Now, there is a downside for Republicans here. You do need to understand this. The downside for Republicans is where are the swing districts? All of the swing districts are Republican districts. There aren't really—actually, there. Actually I shouldn't say there aren't any. There are five Democratic swing districts. But all the other swing districts, and there are 30-plus swing districts. Remember, they only need 23. Uh, there are third over 30 swing districts. They are all Republicans, save for five of them. In a year when the Democrats own the White House, the swing districts are in Democratic territory. They're in Republican territory. Republicans are on defense. Um, if Republicans can hold them all, then they keep control of the House. If they can't, uh, they only need to lose a handful of them, and the Democrats can can take back—they need to lose 23, to be precise—the Democrats can take back Congress. And some Democrats are still openly saying they're expecting a 50-plus wave. And that may be true, but what the Wall Street Journal-NBC News poll is showing is that uh, while the Democrats lead by seven on the generic ballot nationwide— In the swing districts, the swing districts, those districts that are held by Republicans playing defense, they're even. There is no uh, advantage to the Democrats. It is a 50-50 tie. So what does that tell us? It tells us at this point Republicans are as fired up as Democrats, and these swing districts are going to be where the battleground is. And if Democrats, they don't have to sweep. If the Democrats don't even sweep, uh, they win as long as they win about uh, close to two-thirds of those districts. So it's going to come down to ground game. Now, what does that mean for you and me? Well, quite frankly, it means that you've got to go vote. You can't phone this in because there are enough swing districts around that it really affects other races as well. It will affect Senate races. So for example, in Indiana, there are a couple of the swing districts are in Indiana. In the swing districts that are in Indiana, um, if Republicans turn out in mass and save those Republicans, they potentially can also cause Joe Donnelly to be thrown out in the Senate. The same is here. Rob Woodall's district and Karen Handel's district are considered swing districts. Now, I think Karen Handel is going to win her district. The um, the Cook Political Index has now largely taken it off the table for the Democrats. But Rob Woodall, they're still thinking it leans Republican, but it is not likely Republican. If the Democrats turn out um, big, then suddenly the you've got a district that could hand the gubernatorial race in Georgia to. Stacey Abrams. Uh, So you got to turn out in Rob Woodall's district and Karen Handel's district and all the other districts. You got to turn out. Uh, But this big blue wave is coming as I predicted it would come. And it looks like it's coming in already Democrat areas and not really hitting Republican areas. The swing districts, that's the big issue. All right, back to the phones we go. Uh, Tom and Tucker, you're next. Welcome.
0: Hi, Eric. I enjoy your show. Thank you. Uh, Eric, I have uh, always heard that the Mexican government was very strict with regards to immigration. And so I'm curious how this many people can just pass into Mexico. Do they all have passports and they all have their... Documents squared away that the Mexican government would admit them into the country. Well,
1: no. You see, this is part of the problem. This is one of the topics that I probably should spend more time on. Uh, Mexico is largely a failed state at this point, and I don't mean that disparagingly. I mean that the Mexicans are caught up in a civil war with the drug cartels, and the country is is breaking apart Uh, geopolitically. I mean that literally, not not physically as a country, but as a geopolitical entity. Uh, Mexico is breaking apart. You have uh, regions in Mexico that have formed their own governments. You have municipalities in Mexico now that have basically taken over police and military functions for their area. Uh, The Mexican president increasingly controls a smaller and smaller territory, and there is limited border enforcement now in Mexico. The way the Mexican immigration positions work now is if you try to buy land in Mexico, they clamp down on you. But otherwise, uh, passage through Mexico is more and more uh, easily accomplished because the Mexican military is distracted and by fighting the drug cartels and frankly each other now it is it is a failed state Uh, and frankly here's the issue that we as americans are going to have to deal with we're going to continue to see these problems moving forward unless we come up with a new foreign policy for the western hemisphere i don't know what that looks like but it is very clear to me that we need a policy we cannot just build a high wall because what we do when we build the high wall is we allow China and Russia to begin to move into the Western Hemisphere and establish relationships with some of these regimes in ways that would long-term work against us. We need to come up with a way to deal with these regimes in Central and South America that are crumbling and allowing this to happen. And thus far, we haven't been able to. Here's another data point. In the um, NBC News Wall Street Journal poll of battleground states, 60% of voters in battleground states support the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh. Think about them apples. Um, pretty significant. Uh, I'm glad NBC News, kudos to them. I think they've gone off the rails this year, and, and I say this, I'm, like, I'm going to be on Meet the Press next weekend. Um, but I, I think that NBC News has uh largely gone off the rails but they've done good polling with wall street journal this weekend It was very fascinating polling and they, they've got a good polling shop so uh, i think democrats need to take notice of that And it is very interesting in the last few days how these democrats so many of them from the dnc and elsewhere are coming out and say we well, never said there's going to be a blue wave yet they've all got the blue wave icon in their twitter handles uh let's go back to the phones jeff in ackworth welcome
0: hey eric i'm a big fan Thanks thank for you taking my call sure uh I agree with you that this whole thing of them coming to the border is an optics issue for the election. How will those optics change when we see the National Guard, America's sons and daughters, trying to defend our border and this mob rolls over them the way they did in Mexico at the southern border? And I'll listen to your response.
1: Well, listen, Jeff, thanks very much. I think that uh, the American people are not going to like – Uh, this cavalcade of illegal immigrants trying to storm the border. I just—I don't think they will. And, uh, you know, I put on Twitter earlier today that it is not a coincidence that this is happening two weeks before the American election. And the number of liberals who have come out and said, it's not about you. These people are fleeing from sad—wait a second. We've had organized—we've now had two organized convoys, one in May and one now— 2 weeks before the election and it turns out that the 1 in May was org- I mean how do these people just just it, it, basics basics logic 101 how do these people know there's a caravan going to the United States word of mouth how do they connect Who's the first person to open their mouth and say, hey, y'all, let's get a caravan. Now, I can't speak it in the native Spanish, but I don't know what hey, y'all translates as. But hey, y'all, let's get a caravan together and spread the word through Guatemala, Nicaragua, Honduras, uh, Ecuador, uh, Colombia, Venezuela, Peru, let, let let's Panama. Let's, let's get a convoy together. Who does that? So you're telling you really want me to believe that there are a group of gossips in Central America who all started talking about this at the same time and somehow got together and said, hey, let's all do this together and get buses and matching T-shirts and everything. No, there's coordination happening here. Who's paying for it? I have no idea.